You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. That is, um, I think that's how God welcomes all of us. That's the kind of generous, we, we've got a really uh, generous, welcoming God who keeps trying to draw us to God's self and then call us to welcome each other like that. So I hope this is a little space where we can we can extend that generosity to each other. Our text today calls us to trust in, in the God who remembers the stranger, the immigrant, the poor, the widow. Um, so I want to talk about three Ruths, um, but especially Ruth. Ruth in the Bible, she was all of those things. She was, she was poor, she was a widow, she was an immigrant, and God looked out for her. She was actually a Moabite woman who married into the Hebrew people, which was kind of against the rules. Um, but she was so true to that covenant of love that she made um, in this new family that she stays with her, her mother-in-law even after her husband dies. She makes the choice to stay with her. And God, God take in, in that in that environment of love and trust, God takes care of them all. And so there's a lot of like mutual remembering happening in this story. My um, I love the name Ruth because my great grandmother's name was Ruth, and there's Ruthie there in the there in the front too. Um, my great-grandmother's name was Ruth, and she was really the biggest Christian influence like in our extended family. She was like the one stable anchor in my mom's traumatic childhood. And um, she wasn't a very warm and affectionate lady, um, but, but I just could feel the strength of her faith. You know, like she liked to play it real cool, but she'd be like buying us all kinds of gifts and she'd like, you know, bark out a mean answer and then like slip us a 20 um, kind of thing. And so I would, she, she wasn't a big snuggler. I, I liked to snuggle. So I was trying to, I would try to curl up um, next to her when she'd sing and read her Bible at night. And she was deaf and so she sang really loudly and really out of tune and this is the song this is the hymn that she would always sing um god will take care of you does anybody know this this old hymn i thought i might try to sing it for you but i don't i lost my nerve i'm chickening out right now no 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 but it's it's so, it, the words are so beautiful. They really describe the whole story of Ruth in the Bible. Um, be not dismayed, whate'er betide, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God, God will take care of you, no matter what happens. And th- so, so that really describes this, this story of Ruth there. Um, Naomi's in the middle, and... Orpah and Ruth are on either side. I don't know who is which of which is which there, but it opens with this the story. The story opens with this great loss: the death of the two younger husbands. Naomi has already lost her husband, um, 
And so they're feeling this, this devastating loss, not just of like love and companionship, but also like economic stability because they really have no, women at that time really had no way to provide for themselves. So it's kind of this really scary moment about, um, you know, how they're gonna get by. And so Naomi tries to convince her daughters-in-law to go back to their home countries and find new husbands, because they're young enough to do that. And um, Naomi plans to return to her own hometown of Bethlehem and try to survive there among relatives. And they cry and they grieve. Orpah relents and she, she kisses Naomi goodbye and she goes. But Ruth clings to her mother-in-law and she says those famous words that are often repeated at weddings. I think I have them up there. She says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely if even death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to stay with her, she stopped urging her. And as I was, I was reflecting on this um, this week, I think, I think there's, a, there's a note in the story that really calls us to remember older, the older people in our lives. Um, I, I, I think of this often in my neighborhood. Um, older people don't want to hold us back, but often they need things that might be hard to ask for. Um, I don't know that Naomi could have even made that journey to Bethlehem on her own, but Ruth's love kind of covers that question. Uh, she, she doesn't even have to ask. My husband Jeff told me a story, a little story uh, on Friday that he said I could share with you. Um, he was feeling annoyed with work and his situation in life. And he, so he took this angry walk around the neighborhood, kind of like a my life sucks kind of walk. And he came across an elderly woman, maybe 70 years old, trying to help her maybe 90-year-old mother up the steps. And they were both having a really hard time. Like every step was like kind of impossible, like even for the younger one. And um, Jeff was able to help them and he, and he felt really grateful for that opportunity to like get some perspective on his own hardships through this, um, through the eyes of others and, and wondered like how, how are these ladies even like taking care of themselves? How are they even getting by? I think the needs of the elderly are often very invisible in our society. They, um, they themselves describe the experience of growing old as invisibilizing. Um, they're not always capable of being needed anymore in, in this culture that values doing over being. And so they're often left alone to figure out how to survive. Except if you're like Sal, you help your mom all the time and you even move in with her. Good, good job, Sal. <laughs> um, 
So I think this, this, this is really something to think and care about because the population of, of older people in the world is going to double. Um, of people over 60 is going to double in the next 20 to 25 years. Like people are living longer. And um, many families aren't equipped to incorporate elderly relatives. And in, as you probably know, like institutional quality care is so expensive um, that many older people are neglected or manipulated or abandoned. The World Health put, Organization put out these facts about elder abuse this year. Um, and it got me wondering, and, and they were noting that since COVID, um, COVID has increased the isolation of the elderly, as, as you can imagine. Um, so it just got me wondering how we as a church can make room in our hearts and our schedules and our wallets for aging people in our neighborhoods. Thank goodness Naomi has Ruth in this Bible story. And I wonder if part of Ruth's wisdom and conviction to stay with Naomi comes from her own experience as an outsider. She knows the difficulty of not having access to the system and the language um, and the privileges that others have in that culture. And I wonder if that gives her some extra insight and compassion and conviction about what Naomi might need um, and the strength of heart to not let her go it alone. You know, first-generation immigrants in this country have to, have to face huge barriers in healthcare, labor, housing, transportation, language, everything. Um, hence, they are some of the wisest and strongest people that I know. I was trying to think of my own experiences in life of like feeling like an outsider and obviously I'm white and I'm born here in this country and this language so I can't claim um, any of that any of that strength that I see in my immigrant friends but my most memorable little experience um, of feeling like an outsider was when I moved from the Pocono Mountains to the city 25 years ago. Uh, my dad was a park ranger, so I was raised on this. Oh, there's all oh, the, I missed that one. Thank you, Josh. Yep, it's this lake that I grew up on, and um, we had no TV and no neighbors, and just the woods. And we grew some of our own food and, um, you know, my dad foraged and hunted. And so it was a real culture shock to move to Broad and Diamond and then 15th and Dickinson. And I loved the energy. I, I felt called to the city. I loved the energy of all the people. But I really deeply missed the stillness of creation. And I didn't even know like how, how much I, I missed it. I remember feeling strangely displaced um, about the subway being underneath me, like that my feet, I was like aware <laughs> that like my feet weren't on like the dirt ground. 
And the first time I heard crickets after I moved to the city, I, I bawled my eyes out because I, I didn't realize how much I missed that kind of gentle, like, background noise um, of my life, of my childhood that really reminded me of God's presence. Like, I really, like, that's how I became a Christian, I think, was through creation. And I'll never forget the kindness of neighbors who helped me adjust to life in Philly. Um, my across-the-street neighbor, who is also named Ruth, um, who is a famous jazz singer now. Um, well, she was even famous, like, back in the day. Um, but she still took time for our friendship. She really helped me. She knitted blankets for my babies, and we'd share foods and music, and we were both in AIDS work. And she'd come over to watch games on our cable and try to turn me into a sports fan. But she really helped me feel at home in Philly and, and showed me how it's possible to live out a calling as a woman in ministry and to resist oppression and embrace your culture um, with faith and confidence in God. And so I'll always be so grateful to Ruth for including me in her, in her city life when I was new to it. And now, and now we all have the filliest Philly friend in Jimmy Weitzel here in our church. Um, it's true. But in our text, um, Naomi guides Ruth to learn the ways of Hebrew culture. The older one is doing that for the younger one, um, which I think is so beautiful. There was provision for the needy built into this system, which I, I wish we, man, I wish we still had this. We, we do have, you know, obviously some, we have social welfare in our country, but um, back then, farmers were supposed to leave scraps of grain for the poor, like instead of, instead of just picking up all of the, um, all of the grain, they, they were supposed to leave things so that the poor could come and, and behind the reapers and get some food. And so Ruth, Naomi tells Ruth to just pick a field, and she goes out there. And um, it happens to be, she happens to just pick a field of a distant relative of, of Naomi's. His name is Boaz, and he notices Ruth, um, and he honors her for trusting God and staying with her mother-in-law, and she, he, uh, he even calls that out. Um, he says, I've been told about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland, and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I just love that he, he notices that faith in her and obviously has faith in God's provision too. So Naomi continues to guide Ruth um, into vulnerably asking for what they need. There's this real mutuality in their relationship. And Naomi guides Ruth to make this discreet bid for Boaz's hand in marriage. And he's thrilled about that, and he go, they go through this process. Um, 
of making it happen according to their customs. He's already the guardian redeemer, um, the one in the family who's responsible for helping extended family members in need. And so it's just kind of, it's beautiful to see how it all comes together. Life, as you know, life, oh, it doesn't always work out this well, but if you need like a, if you need a good story with an actual happy ending, read the book of Ruth because it is really amazing. The story ends um, with the birth of baby Obed, which is um, the grandfather he becomes the grandfather of King David and then is in the direct line of Jesus. So we get, so it's another, it's another one of the many moments in the Bible where like an an outsider is included in like the main thing that God is doing. Their family expands unimaginably. And I don't think it's any coincidence that all of this happens in Bethlehem and the, 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 the word Bethlehem, you know, where, where Naomi goes home to and where Jesus is born, actually means house of bread. And so um, I love how Jesus said that about himself. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and I will never drive them away. So I see that in, in Ruth and Naomi's story, that sense of welcome into what God is doing providing for people. We see that centuries before Jesus is even born. And I see that that truth in our community when we welcome the newcomer or the one um, who is socially marginalized. And I feel that truth in my own body when I can accept the parts of myself that, that don't feel like they belong. I think we're always called to keep moving in this life, like Ruth, like Bobby. Um, things change, losses happen, um, death happens, and we're invited to leave the old place and people and move to another place and people. But I want to leave you with the hope that in that process of, of moving through our changes, nothing is wasted. My friend Carrie in our cell always says this, nothing is wasted. All, all of the goodness of our past, we bring with us. I brought the stillness of the, of the woods, like right here in Philadelphia, even when I didn't realize it, even as I embraced the subway. Ruth kept the love of her mother-in-law, even as she lost one marriage for another. We grow deeper in understanding of God's love as we test it out in new, new relationships, new friendships. And so you bring with you now all the, all the places and people you've been. I don't think it's, a, it's, it's like the either or. Yes, we're called, we're called to let go and move on, but... I don't think there's a bi quite, quite so much of a binary to it as we might be afraid of. You bring with you now all the places and people you've been. Even though others might not see or understand it, it's there. It's there in you, and God knows. Nothing is ever really lost in God's kingdom. We might miss the things that we can't experience or enjoy right now, 
but we can trust a God who restores and brings new life. So let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for moving with us through the changes, um, the unexpected things that happen in life, even the, the terrible things that we don't want. Um, thank you for seeing us, for grieving with us, for providing ways um, of companionship and welcome. And I pray that we could extend that to one another as a community. I pray that you would um, give us ways to see those who feel invisible in their struggle and that we would um, come alongside you in that work. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.